with Ohio State out of the recruiting mix and Georgia being placed at a competitive disadvantage due to Todd Monken, who was Dylan Riola's primary recruiter, leaving for the Baltimore Ravens, Nebraska is in a favorable position with the number one overall quarterback and number one overall prospect in the 2024 recruiting class. Dylan Riola, who is a Nebraska legacy recruit, is 6'3", 220 pounds, in Pinnacle High School from Phoenix, Arizona. He currently has a few crystal balls to Georgia, a few to Nebraska, and one remaining to Ohio State. Two for Nebraska, two for Georgia, one for Ohio State. Nebraska this past cycle for the 2023 class was 24th in the composite ranking, which is high school recruiting, and they were 22nd in the transfer portal to combine for an overall class of 30. Some notable incoming transfers included Eric Gilbert, Jacob Hood, MJ Sherman, an offensive tackle, tight end, and edge rusher from Georgia, respectively. Others include Josh Fleeks, wide receiver from Baylor, Jeff Sims, the highest-rated commit so far, who's coming in from Georgia Tech, very athletic QB, Corey Collier and Marco Ortiz, a corner and a long snapper from Florida. You also have Billy Kemp, a wide receiver from Virginia, Ben Scott, an offensive tackle from Arizona State, Elijah Judy, a defensive lineman from AM, and Chief Borders, a linebacker from Florida. The transfer portal class is currently 22nd, and when the transfer portal reopens around May, I do believe, I wouldn't be surprised if Nebraska makes some additions there. Some notable four-star recruits in the high school recruiting class are Princewell Uman Milan, an edge from Manor, Texas, who is a top 300 player, Cameron Lenhart, and another edge player who is 305th nationally from IMG Academy in Brandon, Florida. You also have Malachi Coleman, a wide receiver from Lincoln, Nebraska, who's top 100. Riley Van Poppel, who's a defensive lineman from Argyle, Texas, who is a top 400 player, 383rd specifically. So a few four stars, a few instant impact transfers coming in. It's going to be Matt Rule's first year. I expect seven, eight, maybe nine, maybe six wins. I think that this team, give you a little secret here, I think that this team, if everything comes together, if lightning in a bottle occurs, the Big Ten West, let's be honest, is chaos. They are nowhere near the caliber of teams that are in the Big Ten East. No one in the West is coming close to Michigan, Ohio State, or Penn State, at least in year one or two, if you're Wisconsin and Nebraska, who I think are they're going to be the best programs in the West. Even after the West Division has passed us, they're going to be the best programs in what was formerly known as the Big Ten West for a while and for the near and long-term future, as they're the schools that have recruited the best consistently, schools that are currently recruiting the best. Iowa has become stagnant. Minnesota is not they have not been known for their recruiting under P.J. Fleck. They're more of a developmental school. Their ceiling is going to be capped. Northwestern looks like a dumpster fire. Purdue has a new head coach, and I don't think they have the same 
resources that Nebraska and Wisconsin do. Illinois under Brett Bielema is similar when it comes to resources, but Bielema knows the Big Ten. Illinois has some good in-state talent. If they can start recruiting and keeping in some of the Illinois high school players, that will make a world of difference for the Illini. But Nebraska has the talent roster to rise up and take the Big Ten West this coming season now. Do I think they will? Currently, no. I have to see their defense. To, to make an analogy, Nebraska's defense is like a papier-mâché dam. It, it, it doesn't do remotely close to what it's supposed to do with the talent on deck. Their front seven, especially their interior D-line, was hopeless this past season. And I am going to have to see and hear very positive reports and actions in spring ball. I'm probably going to have to see some additional incoming transfers coming in. There's only one D-lineman coming in through the portal currently. That's Elijah Judy from Texas A&M, of course, who is rated as a high three-star in the portal. But that's just talking about recruiting. I did that for the first five minutes because when it comes to recruiting, Dylan Raiola, and we're finally getting to the main topic, I know, took a little while to get there, but it's all setting up because landing Raiola, who'd be the number one overall player, even though he is a legacy recruit, that's going to entice other talent. You're going to get some four- and five-star wide receivers, some higher-tier offensive linemen and running backs who look and say, okay, Nebraska, I see you. I see that you're, you're, willing to act, you're willing to act like a man in the world of college football. You're willing to get out there. You're bold. And the bold part especially will be the case if Nebraska has indeed shut, um, moved all the chips from their table and placed all their bets on Raiola and are targeting no one else to be their quarterback, and they land him going big, going bold. Nebraska has a good NIL program. Landing a quarterback of his caliber will not necessarily bring in tons and tons of instant five-star wide receivers and offensive players, but it will entice other players in the near and immediate future, and especially if Nebraska takes advantage of that and starts recruiting at a higher level, and if they land Raiola and it isn't just a flash in the pan, long-term recruiting-wise, Nebraska could begin to have a roster that in what we will soon know is geographically the Big Ten West might be unmatched outside of USC. Nebraska has top 25 talent, and they had that in the 2022 season, according to 24-7 Sports team talent composite. They were among Wisconsin, and yet they went 4-8 and eight and looked terrible in every game except the Iowa game and the first half of the Northwestern game and the second half of the North Dakota game. Just did not look like a good team, and that was because of Scott Frost and his staff. I don't think the talent on hand for Nebraska is inferior at all. I think with the right coaches and development, very quickly their roster can turn around. But adding Raiola, a guy who could come to Nebraska and with the talent of quarterback they have, assuming, you know, Casey, Casey Thompson will leave by the time Raiola gets on campus, assuming he's committed even. This video is mainly talking about 
what happens if Nebraska lands him. And after Jeff Sims leaves, and Raiola could probably beat him out for the starting job, this is just, there's a whole lot of potential here. It could completely change the national perception of the program. There's a good article by Grant Hughes talking about how landing the five-star quarterback, the number one recruit in the 2024 class, that the momentum and the morale that his commitment, his signing, his enrollment could provide for Matt Rule's program off the charts. Absolutely off the charts. Georgia and Nebraska, when it comes to crystal balls, are currently the front runners. Ohio State still has one, but they're basically out of his recruitment from what many recruiting insiders say. USC, Alabama, and Oregon are other programs that Riola is also considering. You can certainly say Lincoln, Riley, and USC are still in the running, but you got Malachi Nelson there in that 2023 class. With NIL and with the new era of college football competition, it's quarterbacks in general now want to go to an area where they can get immediate playing time because immediate playing time is going to boost their earnings in name, image, and likeness. They're going to get more sponsorships. They're going to be more well-known. Marketing has become very important for quarterbacks now. And immediate playing time gives you that. And Ohio State, stacked quarterback recruiting class. USC, stacked quarterback recruiting class. And and stacked quarterbacks, period, amen. Ohio State's going to have high four stars at worst and the cream of the crop five stars at best in their quarterback room. It's going to be the same thing for USC under Lincoln Riley. Riola comes to Nebraska outside of maybe Sims if he plays much better at Nebraska than he did at Georgia Tech and he stays all years of his eligibility, there's absolutely no competition. He comes in right now, let's just theorize, he'd beat out Smothers, he'd beat out Purdy, he'd beat out anyone currently on the roster. So Nebraska, by by many and especially by Husker fans and Recruiting analysts, they are viewed, I would say right now, as kind of a soft lean for Riola. I know that Corn Crazed thinks that it's more likely than not that Riola comes to Nebraska. Corn Crazed is a very good Nebraska channel. Love him and his content. But he said, despite the fact that it's more likely than not, he still isn't, you know, he isn't completely confident yet. Again, the 2024 cycle truly just began there's still deuce robinson from the 2023 cycle but that's basically over right now riola is in no rush to commit in his sophomore season at burleson high school in texas he threw for 3341 yards and 32 touchdowns he then transferred to chandler high school in arizona in his junior season where he completed 64 percent of his passes for 2435 yards and 22 touchdowns with five interceptions. Riola is scouted by Chris Singletary, who's projected him to be in the first round. Looks the part already from a physical standpoint. Of course, he's 6'3", 220 pounds, which means he's bigger than J.J. McCarthy. Two-sport athlete who also plays baseball and has a nice athletic profile. Well-proportioned build and frame. Sturdy lower body that generates power and velocity on throws. Displays encouraging athleticism that should continue to improve as he develops throughout his career. This is again from his 24-7 sports profile. Good stature in the pocket with a smooth, 
easy release. He has above-average mobility. Ding-ding, very important in the modern world of college football. It's better to have mobility than be a pure pro-style passer. From an Ohio State angle, look at C.J. Stroud. When he used his legs against Georgia, totally different. Like, immediately, much more of a threatening quarterback when he uses his legs. And from a Nebraska angle, look at Adrian Martinez, who I know a lot of you don't like, but the reason Nebraska was in half the games they were in in the Frost era, and also the reason why Nebraska lost half the games they were in was due to Martinez's decision-making, but his legs allowed him to maneuver around and ahead of an offensive line that was disgusting year after year after year. Raiola is not only able to scramble out and he has mobility, but he's also willing to stand in the pocket and he is not afraid to step up. A young player who has very few holes in the game, he's ahead of the curve and possesses the arm strength that will put him in elite company. So, look, if Nebraska lands him, it's not just huge for the long-term future, potentially, if they can capitalize off of the momentum that will build from that, it's also an immediate, immediate impact situation because you have a guy, Raiola looks to be the quarterback according to scouting, his build. Normally a supporting cast in a lot of circumstances can make or break a quarterback. Raiola could be the quarterback that turns that whole axiom on its head because he's so special and he could carry a supporting cast. He could carry an offense that has average or above-average talent, but because of his own elite talent, they play at a great or near-elite level. He just has that athleticism. He has that arm talent. And with Marcus Satterfield, Matt Rule, and that whole staff, look, he could be, he just, he'll be a game-changer if he commits to Nebraska. But obviously there's competition with USC, Oregon, who are closer to his current home in Arizona, Nebraska, you have the legacy aspect. I mean, even when Scott Frost was at Nebraska, Raiola was still considering Nebraska. And then you have Georgia. Just from the aspect that Todd Monken was there, and look, he developed Stetson Bennett into a player that could be a very serviceable and great NFL backup. Now that he's gone, look, Smart still has a good relationship with Raiola, and Georgia right now is the best of the best. They have a 29-1 and record over the past two seasons, and Alabama is the only school that leads them in total team talent, but the minute Nick Saban retires, unless something horrible happens to Kirby Smart or Georgia football, which I hope doesn't happen, they are primed already to take that place as the top program in college football. They may have taken it already. That's all I wanted to say in this video, just talking about Nebraska recruiting, but especially how Dylan Raiola impacts Nebraska recruiting and how he could impact the Husker football program. Thank you guys for watching. If you like this video, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, click the notification bell, and comment your thoughts down below. I apologize about my top 25 video being delayed, but I promise you, you will see from the graphics, from the cover art, from the graphic dedicated to each top 25 team, yes, there's 26 graphics in total, you will see that it is worth it. So hit the notification bell so you can get notified when that releases after this weekend. See you later, guys.